0: Welcome back to the Jokeyard Dogcast, Dan. George sneaks away with a 37-20 win over Vanderbilt, and once again, a game that the dogs struggled to get ready for. And I mean, we all know how tough it can be in Nashville, 11 a.m., coming off playing a ranked opponent for the first time of the season. That part we, we might not be able to, uh, you know, connect with. But we know how Nashville can be. And, yeah, uh, it, it looked like the dogs were hung over out there for, for most of the game. Uh, a sloppy game. Something that's kind of been uh, a, a regular uh, experience with the dogs this season. And uh, they let Vanderbilt stay in this game a lot longer than anyone expected. And, again... They were the, clearly the better team. A 17-point win on the road, and the SEC is always big, but this was a game that you know, Georgia should have been able to, to take over early in this game. And turnovers, again, uh, putting the ball on the ground three times, losing one of them. Pretty big interception there as well, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, the big story of this game, other than Georgia – Coming away with a victory to win its 24th straight game and improved to 7-0 in the season is the injury to Brock Bowers. Uh, he went down in that that second quarter uh, with a you know, you know lower leg injury, and Kirby Smart updated after the game uh, that you know the X-rays came back negative, and they will know more when they get the MRI. Lower uh, ankle sprain. The bye week could not have come at a better time for Georgia as, you know, obviously the MRI will be huge, but it looks like, you know, that was still the best-case scenario uh, for Brock Bowers as well as uh, offensive lineman Xavier Truss. So the bye week is here. Georgia will heal up, obviously, and prepare for Florida, but this game is one that Georgia fans will not – Uh, try to remember as there were a lot of uh, miscues in this game. I think the biggest takeaway from this game is that Georgia had a 12-play drive that took almost six minutes, came away with a field goal in the red zone. Georgia had a 19-play drive that took eight and a half minutes off the clock, 60 yards, field goal. Again, uh, red zone. Georgia had a 16-play drive that took almost eight minutes off the clock, 55 yards, field goal. That's right there, 12 points left on the board. That is the difference in the perception of this game. And against a better opponent, that could be the difference in, in a win or a loss there. You cannot have long drives that do not result in getting touchdowns. And again, this is just about miscues here. This is about passes that Carson Beck would like to have back. This is about offensive line play, which again was affected by multiple injuries there. You had freshmen in there at right and left tackle in this game. You had Ernest Green in there at left tackle. You had a true freshman Monroe Freeling having to come in the game to replace Xavier Truss. So there were some growing pains there for sure. You're going to have to, you have to execute better than that. And I, I think from top to bottom, uh, you know, this is a game that George, the Georgia players uh, will not enjoy uh, when they get in the film room. Uh, and again, you had an Arian Smith drop past people wondering, where's Arian Smith? Why isn't Arian Smith playing more? But when he gets in the game and gets that separation that only he can get, you gotta, you gotta reel that ball in. You got to make that catch. Um, you know, you also had one that with Marcus Rosemi jackson uh concentration area, got to make the catch. Um, Dominic Lovett, same thing. Uh, the ball is, you know, in your range. You're going to have to bring the ball in. And Dominic Lovett did make some big plays in this game, nine catches for 72 yards, obviously had the touchdown as well. That was a big play. Lad McConkey getting back in the game getting more reps. Uh, he was big in this game as well. He's a guy that can get open regardless of the route being run and, and does a great job with that. Uh, this offense did not look explosive without arguably the best player in the country on the field. I know that you know should come as a huge shock to a lot of you, but at the same time, Georgia should, has the talent against Vanderbilt that they should have been able to score at will. And if not for Dejon Edwards, uh, this game might be a lot different outcome. He looked outstanding out there for the dogs. 20 carries for 147 yards and a touchdown. Average over seven uh, a carry. Huge out there when they needed him most. Unfortunately, early on in the game, this looked like this was going to be the Kendall Milton game. Uh, you know, he was averaging over 10 a carry. And took a hit to his MCL, and that bothered him up again. He did not uh, return to the game. He had five runs for 53 yards. Again, another unfortunate injury to Kendall Milton in a career that's just been full of them so far. You, you just have to hope that in the bye week he, he gets, you know, he's back and and, and able to, to come back. Uh, if not, uh, you know, that's an unfortunate loss because the offense looked outstanding when you had both Milton and Edwards in there running. That looked like a Georgia backfield um it, it changed a little bit when he left the game so you just you have to go with the guys you have you did not have brock bowers out there and and so uh, these these are the guys that you might have later on you cannot expect to be fully healthy all the time uh, and so uh this is what georgia has to work on during the bye week is explosive plays that might not include Brock Bowers. And, you know, Oscar Delp looked pretty solid out there. Um, you got contributions from him and Ra-Ra Thomas. But uh, you're going to have to put Carson Beck in situations to where uh, he can make d- good decisions and and have that timing with with other guys. And that's going to be huge for this Georgia offense on defense. Early in this game, Georgia struggled to, again, get pressure and, and and Ken Seals was able to, to have some early success out there against Georgia and put, you know, keep them in the game a lot longer than they should have been. Uh, there were also some really poor angles taken uh, on the edge again. Uh, situ- uh, that has been an issue for Georgia all season long is uh, outside contain. And again, you, you're going to have to to continue to work on that they did a great job stopping vanderbilt's run game but that wasn't an aspect that uh you know you really expected them to to be able to come out and run against georgia they have to continue to uh work on getting pressure and again taking better angles to the football uh that is an aspect where especially on the perimeter your db's Uh, have to uh, and your outside line, your linebackers have to be able to not give away those extra yards because they catch up to you. And so, uh, I I think you you really, uh, you know, you look at this, it's a win. And, you know, at the end of the season, uh, this will not be a game that's going to be talked about one way or another. Uh, but if you're Kirby Smart, you got plenty to talk to this team about after you get home, and you have this bye week. You're preparing for Florida, uh, you know, making that trip down to to Jacksonville. Uh, you, you you're going to have uh, you know plenty of things to work on, and I, and I honestly think that's a great thing for Georgia because the opportunities are there for this team to play better football than what it's played. And I think that it is not a roster issue. I think that they have the guys they need. Maybe not at edge rusher yet because of youth but overall on this roster from top to bottom i think uh, i've seen enough to know that this is a team that can compete for a national championship again regardless of the fact that they've played almost every opponent close except for the one top 25 team that they played and uh, i do want to give credit to you know cedric van pran uh picking up that ball early in the game and running for a first down huge play by him also carson beck uh the effort he made on that interception uh to make the tackle on tj taylor who i hope is okay i mean that's one of those that, that wins you a locker room you might not have your best game but the the effort he made to get the angle and try to prevent that touchdown they got in on the next play but uh you know the hit he, he made to knock the guy out of bounds at the one yard line uh that is something that's going to win over that locker room and your teammates they already he already had this team but he definitely didn't lose it on a play like that. So I I think when you look at uh, this bye week, this is when your younger guys start to take that next step. So when you're talking about guys like Marvin Jones Jr., um, you know, Raylan Wilson, Damon Wilson, the the freshman on this team, and, and, you know, younger guys like Marvin Jones Jr., this is when you expect them to take advantage of that bye week and to get increased reps, I think Georgia is going to do that because I do think they need to get more pressure from their front seven than they're getting. I'm not talking about sacks. I'm just talking about getting into the backfield and disrupting plays, whether it's run blitzes or, you know, pressuring the quarterback and making bad decisions. I, I think those, this is when those guys are able to get increased snaps in practice and, I think it'll show on the field because those are, you know, the more talented edge guys that Georgia has. And, you know, the the fact that they haven't done a lot yet, that's I mean, that's normal. I and mean, you look at the defensive linemen that have uh that are in the NFL, uh, all those Philadelphia Eagles out there, they didn't have a huge impact in the first six to eight games of uh, you know, their freshman season or, you know, their sophomore season either. It was the second half uh, of their first and second year where you started to see the increased snap, increased playing time and increased role. And that's what's going to happen with a lot of these young defensive players that that Georgia has. Uh, Kirby Smart does a great job uh, with additional practice time. And that's exactly what he's going to try to do this next week. And he's going to have plenty of film to, to take in there. So uh, if you're, if you're uh, watching this and you're thinking about how frustrating this game was, there's plenty to take from this and learn from this. And I think again, um, Georgia playing with its food, it knows it's got big games down the road against teams where this margin of error won't be there. And I, I think focus has been an issue. And I think that is something that will not be a problem. Uh, for these upcoming opponents. Uh, Georgia won't have any issues getting ready for Florida uh, for, again, a road game in Missouri, that offense. Uh, Obviously, Ole Miss and and Tennessee, they're going to be games that they are focused and prepared for. uh, But one of the few remaining overmatched opponents of the year and 11 11 a.m. kickoff time, this is the version of this Georgia that you're going to get. And still able to come away with a double-digit win, a lot of teams across the country, especially one uh, that plays uh, in Tuscaloosa, would love to have that. But we'll talk more about that next week. We got a, you know, obviously a big game in Jacksonville to discuss, and a 7 0 football team trying to uh, get ready to continue undefeated and still has that three-peat uh, possibility right in front of them. But for this edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams. You guys have a great weekend.